0: and welcome to the Restore Body Balance podcast. I'm Colleen Burns, licensed psychotherapist and founder of Restore Body Balance, where we combine psychology, biology, and neurology to enact life changes that stick.
1: And I'm Nico Yutainis, co-producer of this podcast. Today's topic is how to stay safe and sane inside. We are all in this situation together, and I'm sure none of us were expecting to be inside for this long of a time frame. From working from home to the uprooting of routine and normalcy, our lives are becoming out of balance. I know for me, even the smallest thing can agitate me when I'm feeling these stir-crazy emotions. So, Colleen, do you have any tips on staying sane inside of the house?
0: Yes, Nico, I do. These are very valid emotions to having during these times. And for those of you listening, I also made several YouTube videos as resources during this time period from dealing with new routines for families to antidoting stress overall, which you can find at the Restore Body Balance YouTube channel. But as far as staying sane inside the house, there are plenty of things we can do. As I've said many times, Nico, sitting cross-legged on a buckwheat pillow and finding time to do so is very hard. And thus, one of the things that we can do are things like mini meditations, incorporating things that you already do in your everyday life and making them mini mindfulness moments, from brushing your teeth, folding laundry, to having a morning cup of coffee, Again, we said this before, but let's take having a cup of coffee, for example. Remind yourself that you are giving just a little mini mindfulness moment. Also remind yourself that you are healthy and safe, and this is the time to really indulge those five senses. Don't worry about your morning meeting or if your kids or dog will interrupt that important Zoom conference call. Instead, opt for the present moment that's right in front of you. What do I see? What do I taste? What do I hear? What do I feel? And, and, you know, really use these moments to check in with yourself. As we mentioned before, you can do this while showering, putting on hand lotion, take basically any activity you do every day and just pair the five senses. Here, We want to internalize the positive. These stay-at-home times require us to actively look or find a present moment. We will get further into this, but because our brain is drawn to bad news and danger, and depending on our circumstances, we could possibly be surrounded by either real bad news or digital coverage of danger, we need to bring back the positive facts and mindfulness awareness. Then open up to them and let them in to truly affect you. So here we want to savor the positive experiences and ruminate in the positive, not the negative for 5, 10, even 20 seconds. The longer that it's held in the awareness and the more emotionally stimulating it is, the more neurons that fire together will ultimately wire together and therefore the stronger that memory. And this is based in science. Focus on your emotions and bodily sensations, since these are the essence of implicit memory. Allow the experience to fill your body and mind and let it be intense, almost like sun soaking through a shirt in the summer or a sponge, you know, soaking up water. Also, this is why we at Restore Body Balance combine psychology, biology, and neurology. We wanna start paying particular attention to the rewarding aspects of the experience. We then increase dopamine and it's easier to stay, so to speak, and thus pay attention further. And that strengthens its neural associations in implicit memory. Now, we're not clinging to the rewards, but internalizing them so that you don't need to reach outside to the external world to find them. You have them right here at home.
1: That's so important to appreciate the present moment that's in front of you and see not only what you feel, but also how you feel. These are the bonus check-ins you mentioned in your YouTube video how we should check in with ourselves as much as possible, but at least during the morning and at night.
0: That's right, Nico. And then after a while, your brain will actually be habituated into doing these check-ins. As I mentioned in my book, Prescription for Change, I call this book ending your day. I just discussed this with a client this week. She wanted to exercise more, but just couldn't get up the momentum. So we focused on how she felt after the activity, perhaps while stretching or cooling down. Then again, we see the reward of seeking a better life or relief from stress. So we don't remember the, oh, oh, it's going to be so hard to work out. I don't want to work out. We remember how good we felt after. Remember, the brain is also seeking a better life. So let's give it one. If the reward or feeling stressed is, oh, I just worked out and now I feel less stressed. Then the action to decrease, a, I don't feel good, make it better, is eventually drawn into real relief. We refer to this as a you know, primal brain and cerebral brain at one point, which we'll probably do another podcast on, but we're always saying, I don't feel good, make it better. And we've just habituated or given the brain something to actually start to feel better. So sometimes it's a distraction, like grabbing a cookie or going to vape, or maybe just going on Instagram, which just makes us more jealous of a life we don't have. But we can also wire the network in the opposite direction of, Wow, working out actually truly gave me satiation, and I got a little serotonin, a couple hits of dopamine, and it is a much more lasting type of relief.
1: Oh, I see. So you're deliberately intensifying the experience to enrich it.
0: Yes, just like our previous podcast discussing how your body is built on nutrients, you feed it. Your mind is built from the experiences you have this sculpture brain so our experiences are stored in our unconscious that's what we call implicit memory it also includes your expectations relationships basically what it feels like to be you and it's based on your accumulations of experiences
1: i remember we discussed this a few weeks ago so we look to what benefits us in one camp, and what harms us in another. But the problem is, the brain is drawn to the bad news, because staying away from it keeps us out of danger, and thus alive. I think you mentioned the phrase from your favorite neuropsych doctors Hansen and Mendius, quote, your brain is like velcro for bad news and teflon for good news. So that said, what are some other ways that we can increase these positive experiences or the good news?
0: That's a great memory, Nico. I do love that line, and I say it at least once a day. Other ways we can stay sane while indoors is to take a virtual vacation or day trip. While we cannot perhaps drive or fly somewhere at the moment, be a walk in nature or traveling somewhere new, we can create new experiences, and they can provide a mental escape from the norm. So for example, You can do virtual walks on trails and again get the senses engaged virtual reality is still a reality when we truly experience it especially changing our environment you can get a fresh perspective or even one of calm sites like travel and leisure allow you to go all over the world the swiss mountains to the oregon coastline then even go for a virtual train ride. I did one just the other day in the Canadian Rockies uh, via Banff and the crystal blue waters of Lake Louise. Departure Magazine is also a great website where you can look at their Instagram for travel, shopping, art and culture. It's a little more high end, but certainly an escape from our reality. And then there's one of my favorites, which is Nat Geo Travel, which is the National Geographic channel. And they go to New Zealand, Hawaii. I mean, talk about nature and a landscape change from the five senses standpoint. You actually go over steep cliffs that. that sort of make my stomach rumble, or you can go on a beautiful sailboat ride or a morning walk down the beach. And you can actually do this while you're still in bed, really just waking up somewhere new. And we all have a little extra time right now not commuting, so maybe this is a great way to fill that space. There's also virtual concerts. They've been given, I think, all along, but a lot of them are being recorded now. And i remember to listen to music once a day that's actually my distressor driving to and from work and i didn't know how much i missed one of my favorite songs so i blast the music or just sit in my car at least once a day so I'm sorry to my neighbors. The other thing is a virtual book club. My son's swim team, since they can't be in the water, is doing one, and my undergraduate institution, Bentley University, is also having one. Now, that's not up my alley, per se, but it's important, again, to have choice. Remember that drop-down tab we referenced a few weeks ago. Give the mind choice, and we give it a chance.
1: That's great, Colleen. I know there's a great deal of research on using virtual reality, from virtual reality goggles, change the brain, and change perception of self-image. I even made a YouTube video on taking a virtual vacation with virtual reality goggles and a green screen, and I also am doing an upcoming video where I take virtual reality tours of museums through the app Google Arts and Culture, which is a great resource as well. But going back to Feeling uninspired while stuck inside of the house. A wise person once told me, when feeling uninspired, force yourself to be bored sometimes, because you will then be forced to pursue what you truly desire. And I've read on social media recently that some people are actually changing indoors and experiencing personal growth and self-discovery, finding new hobbies and creating new neural pathways. But they aren't aware of it or even acknowledging it. Some beat themselves up over what they could be doing with their extra time not commuting or how unproductive they're being, but they're actually doing way more than they think. For those who fall victim to these thought patterns, how do they stop this cycle and reframe their newfound hobbies and skills?
0: This is a great question, Nico. So let's ask our listeners. What do you want to remember from this time? we can actually choose what we store away and what we make room for. Will it be your baked sourdough bread? Hence why we cannot buy flour or why it's $49 a package. I know that's a, that's a joke. Um, but you know you might have started a YouTube channel or caught up with a loved one, hosted a Zoom dinner party or learned a language. Now, mind you, I often refer to my raw reality moment, and I had one the other day. A friend told me that he was learning Spanish and taking up virtual piano lessons, and I had, well, not such a great reaction. I responded with, well, good for you. I was in a bad headspace and really didn't wanna hear how he was making the most of his time. But there was nothing stopping me from downloading Duolingo or Rosetta Stone, I have a keyboard in my basement and even a guitar that I'm dying to learn to play. But I just simply couldn't get there. But after a walk run, I was a lot better, hence my point. So inspiration may be you finally found time for self-care and reaped its benefits. But again, we need to purposefully look for the positive. And even when there are negative vibes or experiences, holding both the good and the bad in the same space is actually important. And we use these positive experiences to soothe, balance, and in some cases, even replace the negative ones. So going back to doctors Hansen and Mendius, when two things, and I quote, are held in the mind, At the same time, they start to connect with one another. So that's why talking to someone that is supportive like me as a therapist can be so healing. So to quote the doctors again, painful feelings and memories get infused with comfort, encouragement and closeness. And then you experience that with another person. And in this case, another experience. So when storing memories, your brain chooses what to store because it, it's not efficient to, to store every single memory. So like a file or a record, it focuses on key features of the experience itself. And then we look at the more stimulating the experience was, or the more comforting the experience was, the stronger the memory and things like those little neurons and synapses start to form a new pathway. So when that memory is activated, whether pleasant or unpleasant, we have an opportunity to associate it with a new neural pattern.
1: Oh, you mentioned this a few weeks ago with your brain being like a computer and us needing a dropdown tab for choice. And you also mentioned needing to have folders filled with good and positive feelings for relief from emotional pain and don't forget the desktop analogy so instead of eating the cookie which ultimately makes us feel regret we choose a walk or mindfulness moment which is in fact real relief so if we bring up scary thoughts or memories and continue to pepper the brain or add more negative ones the stronger the negative experiences get But by antidoting these stressors with positive ones or cognitive reappraisal, then we have a chance to make it better and feel better, and eventually we can build a new neural structure. So what are some ways to create these so-called folders, especially in today's climate?
0: Well, you're precisely correct, Nico. Everything you said echoes what I do for a living. Every time you do this and pull in positive emotions and experiences, especially into the painful ones, you do in fact build a little bit of neural structure. Over time, accumulating these positive experiences will literally, synapse by synapse, change your brain. So let's get creative. Condé Nast Traveler is offering photos and virtual trips to spas around the world. What a wonderful escape even pairing it with something you might already have at home. Maybe take a bath with bath salts, or even going and sitting in your car and putting on a stereo. I suggest to my clients lighting candles, or put that face mask on that you bought years ago or received as a gift, and truly immerse yourself in that new environment with the aid of these tours. Also, find humor. My client told me last week she was afraid to take her face covering off when buying a relaxation candle. And when she arrived home, she truly didn't like the scent. But now she burns it every day so she can justify getting a new one when it runs out. What she didn't realize is that she had carved out a forced downtime every day. Paired stimulus response, Pavlovian. And don't forget, the brain likes to habituate. There's also virtual tours like museums in the MFA Boston. Now, this is great to do with your kids, too. I'm not much of a live patron to museums, but I can certainly embrace this, especially from the comfort of my own home. This is why people are baking so much or baking and failing like me. But again, finding humor in the struggle or joy in the struggle. I posted that this morning on my attempt at a Bon Appetit's pasta dish. Well, my two attempts at homemade pasta failed, but the dish was ultimately comforting. And I wanna thank Alia Market in Coolidge Corner for the take and bake cookies and cheese and prosciutto. Mine didn't look as good as yours, but they tasted awesome. And also the wine press here in Brookline for that delightful rose cava. If you go there, you can see the beautiful picture. And I was able to recreate the photo from the magazine and transport myself to Italy. To echo your point earlier, if we take the time to intentionally set the tone for each day in the morning, we can then add that drop-down tab of choice you refer to, Nico. And if we do it again at night, reflecting on our day, we can remember and acknowledge what we have done, bringing in gratitude or abundance, as I say in my book, and also why my book includes a journal. You are meant to tick the box or write one line, both a.m. and p.m., for eight weeks, creating that new neural pathway.
1: These are great ideas, Colleen, especially the cooking. I too have taken up cooking and I wanted to make bread. I still have yet to find some yeast packets, but I've started cooking actually vegan recipes because I don't trust myself to cook meat. I'm not that experienced of a chef and I didn't want to give myself salmonella poisoning. So I tried cooking certain vegan recipes and there's this chef on YouTube, Max Lamana, who makes what he calls no waste recipes. So he uses all of the ingredients, so he has an oat milk recipe that he actually uses the leftover oat pulp to make cookies. So I found that to be a really rewarding process, even though the first time I tried to make it I failed. But most of us are sick of being cooped up at home, maybe trying to work while the whole family is screaming in the other room or playing music on speakers, or tired of having to get wrapped up in a mask and gloves to go out to the store and then perhaps anxious or even angry because people aren't maintaining the six foot distance rule. How do we cope with these feelings?
0: Well, the answer is amping up our resilience. This was my frustration last night when attempting to pick up some burritos. Oh my word, too many people in line and not social distancing and some not wearing masks. I actually found myself in that fight or flight response and also getting irritated actually asking some patrons to back up i almost just gave up and went home but then i began a conversation with someone who was fully covered but looked to be smiling at me with their eyes he was a delivery person and i was at my wits end so i said to myself remember colleen build your resilience Resilience is the one personality trait that we can actually strengthen, and it will help us keep going, especially when times like this and we feel like there is just no end at sight. The person turned out to be working for a delivery company, and when he asked my name, we started a conversation, of course, about COVID-19, etc. and when it was his turn to go into the restaurant, He brought out my order. I almost bursted into tears. And these are the memories we need to look for or the moments we need to bring into our lives and then remember at night. Remembering the good, remembering the good in people, remembering the good in our community, in our environment. See, most of us have never experienced anything like this before. And so we need to get creative and our resilience or bandwidth is always changing like me with my friend in his spanish class and last night trying to get a burrito most days i'm okay but sometimes i just don't have the bandwidth here we go back to the work of dr herbert benson the renowned cardiologist who wrote the book the relaxation response he started his career in mind-body medicine after seeing his patients firsthand have reactions to stress. So whether his patients were stressed about work, finances, children or marital concerns, they became at risk for hypertension, a cardiac issue or even a stroke. So they were thinking and thus feeling stressed and causing themselves to have adverse health events. And we know what happens when hanging out in the stress-based response. So let's take for a moment, I don't feel good or I don't have as much resilience as I do when I feel well. That was me the other day. But Let's say also you might not get enough sleep one night and you don't have as much resilience the next day or patience for your loved ones or colleagues. This is where we get what we call depleted. In the Benson Henry SMART program, which refers of course to Dr. Herbert Benson and SMART is the acronym for stress management and resiliency training. At the Massachusetts General Hospital here in Boston, we use the analogy of almost like having a battery. So we asked patients to recall what charges their battery and what depletes it. Personally, in my practice, I use the term fatigue bucket or glass being full in my practice. And a lot of my clients remember this. If your cup is filled right to the brim, every little drop causes a spillover so that is where we get depleted that's where i was last night that's where i was with my friend boasting on his accomplishments so we need to get the cup even just a quarter of the way down then we can handle those extra little hits or drops and that's building resilience
1: i really like that analogy how do we do that
0: Well, that's where I come in, Nico, helping clients to remember to be mindful and to antidote that stress each day, either with the aforementioned, like we said, listening to music, singing out loud, humor, being a funny movie or a sitcom, or anything we can tap into for fun and positive vibes. And then you set your intentions each day on making an effort to either do that or exercise more, move, chair yoga, a social distance walk. These will all recharge your battery, or as I say, get that cup a quarter of the way down. And on those days, you simply can't then gentle, loving kindness to ourselves, right? Because even beating ourselves up puts us in that stress-based response, depletes that battery, or gets that cup overflowing, okay? We need to embrace and acknowledge those times when we just don't feel 100% motivated or inspired. Don't forget, your body reflects your mind. And if you're saying, it's okay, as opposed to, no, I'm lazy and being unproductive, the brain is hearing that too or maybe we start feeling and we start thinking, we have to catch ourselves in that habit loop that we've talked about before. Basically, as my Peloton instructor, Alex Toussaint says, and I say once a week, we're starting to get comfortable being uncomfortable and letting go of our control systems so for me i tend to be a very type a person so i want my house to be neat and in order but with two children and my husband and i working from home the kitchen is being used all the time. I mean, the whole house is being used all the time. And all I do is clean. And I know there's a lot of funny Instagram stories of, of parents feeling very frustrated, but it's funny. I, uh, I actually wake Nico every morning to dry pancake batter or stepping on ramen that was left on the floor. I mean, crunch, crunch. It's worse than stepping on a Lego. I was initially upset with my son for cooking in the middle of the night, But when i calmed down and i asked him what are you doing at 1 a.m he said to me it's the only time i can be alone in the kitchen wow that speaks volumes right he's a teenager and trapped indoors away from his friends and his identity as an athlete he's a swimmer at heart and really truly a fish out of water right now, but we all are. So stepping into part of the house that is quiet when we're all in bed probably feels calming in a sense of being alone in a healthy way, maybe tapping into his creativity, who knows. But the idea here is letting go of some of our controlling patterns frees us up for some of the things that we could be doing right now which is experiencing, oh my goodness, almost no control right now, right? Or feeling like our world is controlling us. Despite these efforts that we're doing, staying at home, that's actually keeping us safe. We need to remind ourselves for that and make room for all of our feelings, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as we said a couple weeks ago. But most importantly, looking for the good, using cognitive reappraisal, and of course, positive expectation.
1: Thank you, Colleen. You gave us some great advice. But as the weather starts to get nicer, we are eager to get outdoors. How can we still social distance and stay at home while actually experiencing nature? This week offered a sunny day and a ton of people were outside. I feel we might venture too far. Like, for example, I went on a hike and I started a new trail. It started off perfect, maintaining social distance and there weren't that many people but little did I know that the trail narrowed to the point of unavoidance.
0: Yeah, we're all experiencing that, Nico, great example. You know, we cannot control the weather like when the sun shines or when it rains like today, but we can control how we nourish ourselves, just like in our Food Equals Mood podcast. And I know I mentioned the earth box a few weeks ago where one can grow their own herbs and vegetables. It's a small little box that fits perfectly on your deck or porch, but guess what? A lot of companies all of a sudden are following suit. Things like the seed sheet, Here you could actually customize your herbs or veggies or plants and a literal sheet arrives with these little sewn in pods. It could be as big as a lawn garden or something you stuff in a bag or bucket or even a windowsill. And speaking of windowsill, if you're like some folks in the cities, I know I have a lot of clients in New York, they use a company called Click and Grow. It's kind of like a Keurig or Nespresso machine. It comes with your choice of herbs and vegetables that you've picked out ahead of time and then arrives with a little built-in lighting system.
1: A friend of mine swears by click and grow, but let's change gears for a minute. This all sounds great, but what about those days where we can't emotionally get up for a virtual vacation or spa day? There's a recent song, actually, released yesterday by the band Heim called I Know Alone, and it was actually planned as their single before quarantine, but it's taken a whole new meaning applicable to this situation. And there's a line in the song that I wanted to mention, quote, When Sunday comes, they expect me to shine. I think this is so applicable to the stay at home mentality. I know you have mentioned the term raw reality moment a few times in our conversations. I think some people's cups have spilled over indoors and it's taking a toll on their mental health, yet they still hold themselves accountable for the level of productivity in their normal routines.
0: This is a great topic, Nico. Yes, the raw reality is that this is really hard for us. Yeah, someone just said to me this week, I don't commute to work each day for one and a half hours, but... Instead of being productive, I'm now just sleeping in and feeling really lazy. Or, wow, I have more time to exercise, but I just can't get the momentum up to do it. So let's go back to the term resilience. It's easy to stay stuck in this pandemic. It's all we know right now, 24 seven, exposure, updates, extensions, school closures, businesses shutting down, or even closing their doors. I literally have one pizza place left in my neighborhood. It's scary. And scary puts us in that stress-based response of fight or flight and that makes everything a challenge. As I say in my book, you're not steaming green beans when you're stressed. Don't get me wrong, there are plenty of people still running, exercising, meditating, and eating healthfully, but a great many of us are getting fatigued staying indoors and keeping our social distancing, and that is where resilience comes in, and we can build it.
1: I know we have touched on the term resilience in the past. Can you say more and actually how we can build it?
0: Yeah, there's a general agreement that resilience refers to positive adaptation to adversity, but there are different perspectives on how to really define what resilience is. At the Benson Henry Institute at the Mass General Hospital, we defined resilience as the capacity of a person to adapt successfully to challenges that threaten their optimal functioning or survival. In my training there for SMART, the stress management and resiliency training, we learned scientific-based ways to actually build resiliency. It's an integrative approach that uses mind-body medicine techniques that, again, I get excited, are actually scientifically proven to strengthen the natural healing capacities of the body and mind via mindfulness, meditation, yoga. And we also learn to recognize our personal responses to stress. We teach patients how to then elicit what Dr. Herbert Benson, the cardiologist, called and discovered as the relaxation response and that buffers stress. Next, we learn how to change our thought patterns and emotional outlook by shifting from that stress-based response to a resilience-based thinking, which is where I come in as a cognitive behavior therapist. And of course, techniques that we've echoed earlier, like sleeping better, eating more healthily, and getting physical exercise, which is why the aforementioned is so vitally important to combat stress and get out of the stress-based response that we all probably find ourselves in right now.
1: As a cognitive behaviorist and a mind-body practitioner, can you give us some tips on changing those negative thought patterns?
0: Sure, and I have a great technique, Nico, and it's super easy to remember. It's the first five letters of the alphabet, A, B, C,
1: D, E. That is easy to remember. Could you explain the acronym?
0: Sure. A stands for Activating Event, B is Behavior, C is the Consequence, D is really the only thing you need to remember, Dispute the Belief, And E is the new emotional response after we've gone through ABCD. So let's give an example. Can you recall a stressful event today or sometime recently, Nico?
1: Sure. For example, all of the rooms in my house are taken up. I can't use the blender, which I usually use to make my breakfast, without interrupting my sister's zoom class in the next room over, and then sometimes I have to make something else that's less healthy than my usual diet. The room where I usually work out has turned into a work from home station for my mom slash where my sister does her virtual dance classes, and it feels like although we are all at our own stations in the house, it's more crammed and at times we are all walking on tiptoes to not interrupt each other's virtual settings. Okay,
0: so as a cognitive behaviorist, I help people change their negative cognitions or schemas into positive ones. Or let's look at the distorted thinking into clearer, more rational thinking. I equate it to going to the eye doctor. So let's take your example in a minute and run it through A, B, C, D, E. So you're either having a cognitive distortion or negative moment. Let's take going to the eye doctor, for example. So you're squinting, things are blurry. You go up, you get an eye exam. They put the machine in front of you and they say, is it better with lens A or B? Is it better with lens one or two? All I know is I walk out of there. I put my contacts in and whoa, things are clear. So here it corrects the distortion of the way my cones and retina are filtering light and information but your brain or your mind is doing the same thing rather right it's looking at something and the way we interpret it is sometimes a distortion or sometimes we like to say stinking thinking so let's look at your example your activating event was that you're all at home and losing space B the behavior is you're all walking on tiptoes C is Consequences of frustration, lack of personal space, and loss of autonomy, meaning choice, and you sacrifice your individual wants and needs. So D, like I said, is all that matters. If we could walk out of this podcast with listeners remembering one thing, it's dispute the belief, dispute the belief, dispute the belief, dispute the belief. I can't say it enough times. And if we've disputed the belief enough times, those new neural pathways, we eventually do get the E, which is the new emotional consequence meaning the reappraisal that we discussed in other podcasts. This is all I preached about for 15 years as a cognitive behaviorist, and it was hard. But after my training at the Benson Henry Institute, I had an epiphany, which is why I wrote my book. The brain is not amenable to change when we're in fight or flight, and we're in that stress-based response or feeling angry or feeling stressed, we cannot hear alternatives or the drop-down tab. So we must calm down and breathe and get into the relaxation response. And then, and only then, can we dispute the belief, the D. Once I taught my clients how to breathe and elicit the relaxation response, they could challenge the negative belief systems or the D. Okay, Nico, you might say, well, I can't run the blender, so I'll surrender to the less healthy option and it's okay. Remember gentle, loving kindness to yourself or find the alternative time that you might be able to eat or make a nutritious meal for yourself that maybe doesn't require blending. Also remembering maybe it's tough with all of us in the house here, but we are safe and following the protocol to flatten the curve and so on. You know, don't forget, the brain is drawn towards bad news. So we must antidote that stress with positive expectation and cognitive reappraisal or dispute the belief. So you might say, I am still healthy by and large, and I can find creative alternatives or ask friends. I'm so glad that my sister can still have her dance class. It's so important to her. And then we have a better outlook and we've calmed down. And the new E or emotional response is the adaptive perspective. And remember Nico, the brain has to do what the mind tells it.
1: That's great. I'll try to apply that next time I have a situation like that. And I can remember that acronym easily, ABCDE. But what about the weekends? They seem harder these days. We used to feel relief or TGIF, but one day just blends into the next, and sometimes the lack of structure makes it harder to get motivated. And going back again to that wonderful song, I Know Alone, by Haim, there's another line that says, quote, days get slow like counting cell towers on the road. I know alone, and I don't want to talk about it.
0: <laughs> That's beautiful.
1: It really is applicable to the situation
0: i'll have to check out that song thank you for sharing it's you know of course very poetic as most artists are you know yes you're right nico we have a lot more time to think and thinking can get us into trouble and into that fight-or-flight response adding to our fatigue bucket or depleting our battery or like i say getting that cup full to the brim. I've often said to my clients, there is more than one form of prison. And I think you take yours everywhere you go. These are mental prisons, right? Right now with the stay indoors, we feel like we're in a real prison, right? We are far away from our routines and really our distractions and our identity. We are just sitting in our stuff, so to speak, right? We're not used to feeling all our stuff. And so it's coming out. And remember this phrase, Nico, and our listeners, the more we cannot control our outside world, the more we try and control our inside world. Make sense? Definitely. So one of my favorite authors is Dr. Mark Epstein. He is a psychiatrist in New York City. The title of his books simply draws me in. One in particular is entitled Going to Pieces Without Falling Apart. How brilliant. We are grieving and we are in pain and the struggle is real. But it's okay. We can, in fact, go to pieces without falling apart and as we discussed we need to allow for this some of us are coping well some of us actually like the downtime family time a step out of the rat race so to speak and others of us are scrambling and most of us are probably doing a bit of both maybe no morning coffee at their favorite shop, gyms are closed, some of my friends can't self-motivate to work out at home, they start to feel bad about themselves and then disappointed and stressed, hello, cup overflowing, depleting that battery, we're missing our social connectedness a hug our kids are learning via a school platform or some you know kids don't have access to resources for you know online programs graduations are suspended or canceled sports events are both suspended or canceled and athletes like my son around the world from all ages are missing what they've trained for all year or all of our lives. And if any of you follow my Instagram, I haven't been to the barn to see the horses. And, you know, again, that's something that I really miss that feeds me and certainly my daughter. But we can catch ourselves in these negative loops and come back to center by breathing and then breathing again. And by taking a deep breath, we are breathing in through our nose and out through our mouth. I know I mention this every week, but it's so important, listeners. Again, when we breathe in through our nose, our nostrils, or turbinates, are aimed straight down at our diaphragm. And that muscle inflates like a little parachute when we breathe in and goes back down when we exhale. So if you put your hand on your belly right now, Nico, and you take and inhalation through your nose your stomach expands and when you breathe out it goes back down but when it expands this is the very cool thing it trips the vagus nerve and guess what a voila we are automatically in the relaxation response where we are amenable to change so breathe relax practice A, B, C, D, E, or just the D, dispute the belief, and of course, have positive expectation. We will get through this, and we have the means or the tools to get through this and come out the other side. Though, we need to go through these trials and tribulations and grief and a future unknown.
1: Yes, we will. And everyone's adapting as much as they can, even the late-night shows are doing at-home versions, so there are resources that you can get forms of entertainment if you're feeling like you're stuck. There are tools that we just talked about, so thank you Colleen for providing these tools to help us stay sane indoors. We've learned the importance of resilience and how to use the ABCDE acronym to change negative thought patterns. And thank you listeners for listening to this episode of the Restore Body Balance podcast. If you want to read more about the programs and the book on change, visit us on the web at www.restorebodybalance.com.